Thank you for downloading this Brum Radio podcast. For more podcasts, visit brumradio.com. Hello, Dreamfesters. Welcome along to the Dreamfest podcast. My name is Pete Steele. Thank you very much for joining me today. This, is, of course, is the show where we invite a special guest to curate their Dream Festival lineup and find out a little about their lives in music to date. Sign up to the Patreon at patreon.com slash dreamfestpod where you'll get an extra 15 minutes of chat and exclusive content with my guest today, who is the brilliant... Anna Palmer. You may know Anna from her various uh, musical uh, aliases, uh, including Limpid, and uh, from she's in Pretty Grim, and she's in the brilliant Birmingham band Dorcha. I had a lovely chat with Anna a couple of weeks ago. We had a lovely chat, and you're going to find out lots of interesting things about Anna. And you're going to find out things like who's she going to have as a secret guest? Who's she going to have as a headliner? Who's she going to be jamming with around the campfire? All these questions will be answered and more. So without further ado, let's sit back and relax as we curate the Dream Festival lineup of Miss Anna Palmer. Enjoy. <laughs> How often do you play on the piano, Anna? Now I've got one, quite a bit more than I used to. I was like, I had an aversion to it for a long time because I grew up playing the piano and then when you get to a teenager, you're like, oh, fuck that shit, man. I'm going to find a drum machine. And um, <laughs> I'd, so I'd stopped playing, really. And uh, it's only since we've moved here in the last year that we, we bought, we've only, it's a recent addition to the household, the piano. So now I've got an actual piano in the house instead of like a little electric piano. Yeah. Um, I'm playing it a lot more because it's just such a different vibe being getting intimate with the old Joanna. Yeah. Yeah, it's lovely. So did you ever get your hands on that drum machine? Yes, but not too much later, actually. Unless you know what you're looking for, they're quite expensive, to be honest. So um, we're just going to have a little chat first, if if, if you're okay with that. You say you uh you kind of enjoyed the first part of lockdown. So what sort of things were you getting up to? Did you take in anything anything new at all? Was it just getting stuff done that you'd always wanted to do? Literally the first week of lockdown I recorded a weird wonky electronic thing that I've wanted to do for a while under the alias Limpid. Limpid, yeah. And did a did a live stream on my birthday, which was like the first week of lockdown. So oh, literally no. the first few weeks, I was like, right, create, create, create. I've got all this creative energy. Let's do it up. And that lasted a couple of months, but then it died down after that. And then the kind of kids gig album. So did an album aimed at kids, but of kind of more alternative music and then started hosting the Supersonic Kids gigs, which are like a um, run by Supersonic Festival. So we started doing these online gigs for kids and families at home. And that's been a bit like, and then it progressed to doing it for like, obviously, the last year and a bit. I only did the last one recently. And that became a little ray of light every so often because it was just such a lovely experience seeing these families come on Zoom. And I'm doing this just batshit crazy music (laughs) 
<laughs> in my living room like this now yeah. performing for them and they're all just like rocking out in the cameras on zoom so that was quite an uplift even when like I was like pretty low I was like you know if I had the kids gig it would be like a lovely little boost so yeah I did I did a lot of music and a lot of creating in the first lockdown new stuff I did kind of got into gardening kind of did this and that but mostly I just focused on making music and then you know drinking (laughs) 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 and and slobbing out really well you've got a lot of um you've got a lot of irons in fires haven't you with Dorcha and uh and Limpid and Pretty Grim is it and is there any others I'm missing is there any of us? Oh, I do a little folk alter ego called Beep. I thought Play. that was you. <laughs> oh shit, I'm not meant to give the game away. Um, Darn it. <laughs> I figured it out, I'm sorry. <laughs> um yeah, so that's and then yeah, putting out feelers with other musician pals across the country that I haven't really seen for a long time. Um, to start doing more collaborative bits and bobs but yeah that's I think that's the book of it I saw the picture of I think it was Oddman's box that put a picture up and it's like beep like sure that's Anna Palmer (laughs) (laughs) no it's not I mean it's not okay sorry I've just given away your alter ego haven't I Um, no I gave it away straight away we can edit this it's fine (laughs) that's that's fine edit that out because my whole thing with the Andrew recently was like, "How do you want to? Do you want to affiliate it with Dorcher and this, that, and the other?" And I was like, "No, just don't say it's me. I want to fly incognito." But then when oh, anyone right. asks me, I'm like, "Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that's me, yeah, yeah." Just forget. <laughs> I, only, I only put a cap on. I mean, how could you not work it out? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not hard to discern once you've seen me. You know, I might just bleep out the bit where you say, ah, "That would be good." And then be like, "Who's he talking about?" I feel like I like more. Yeah. Well, I'd like to I'd like to go back, if we may, to a young Anna Palmer growing up, running oh, around. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I like to do that. And uh just sort of find out what kind of music was happening in the Palmer household. What was sort of your early memories? That's a hard one. Do you um, remember the sort of early music you were getting into? What's the sort of music that was playing in your house when you were growing up? When I was a bab. Um, yeah. You know what's interesting? My parents didn't play much music in the house when I was growing up, mm-hmm. but I was always sort of surrounded by it because my mom's an uh, an Irish lady from Dublin, and she's one of eleven brothers and sisters. Wow. So whenever we gathered at family gatherings, all of them sang, and it would be just you know a real Irish knees up everyone has their turn of singing a song and I think that was my education in music from an early age um my my mom loves crooners she just uh loves uh Roberta Flack um Mm. Dionne Warwick those kind of voices she was always singing along to at home and then my (laughs) dad my dad was from Saltley in Birmingham and he (laughs) He was a mod back in Tutte, but he loved the thing like the likes of T Rex and <laughs> proper uh, 
he loves your bit of rock and roll. He's, yeah, he's, oh, he a bit of rock and roll, mate. Yeah. Self, self-admitted, tone deaf, but loves music. <laughs> and he was, <laughs> he was my manager when I was first starting out. Ah. <laughs> and he got me a gig at the first, uh, my first ever gig was through my dad. He booked me at the uh, uh, working men's club that Jasper Carrot used to play. Very nice. So that's my claim to Birmingham fame. And how did that go, Darren? I went down lovely, yeah. I, uh, I think I did a medley at one point. Yeah. And um, that went down very well. Something really cheesy, like a mix of, <laughs> I think it was uh, knocking on Evan's door into Gabrielle Rice. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was really young, so please. Well, it fits. Yeah. <laughs> Three chords is all you need, man. Yeah. That's it. And you've expanded since then, so. I mean, yeah, it's got to be deep. You've learned five chords now. <laughs> yeah, fucking hell. <laughs> I've even put a seventh in. <laughs> I might branch out to a minor suspended seventh next. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, okay, well, that's interesting. So, uh, Irish... Was it Irish folk, that sort, of, that sort of stuff? Yeah, a lot of rebel and, songs. <laughs> okay, so Irish folk mixed with a bit of sort of uh, early 60s soul diva stuff and yeah. then the sort of 70s mod stuff. Mm. So how did you get into, like, I mean, how did you find your path then? Because you, I mean, you dabble in all sorts uh, from, you know, rock and jazz and avant-garde. Mm. So how did you, how did you find that avenue? To be honest, I've no idea. And then I had I had older siblings as well who were both like a decade older than me, two older okay. siblings. And so are you the youngest? I'm the youngest, and they listened to like I mean, my brother was all into his hip hop, Wu Tang Clan, and all that. And my sister uh, introduced me to uh, well Aretha and Jeff Buckley and all the kind of they were all kind of. And then my sister was in the Britpop era as well. But I think to get, I don't know how I got to the um, more obscure stuff because I was into kind of really shit music when I was a teenager. Like? And as most of us are, just all the, you know, shit indie music that was alive. I think for a while, one of my favourite bands was The Hives. <laughs> There's nothing wrong um, with The Hives. Nothing wrong with The Hives. But, they're, I mean, they're your new favourite band, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. I mean, Tyrannosaurus Hives is a fucking great album. But anyway, I was like, you know, I loved a lot of indie music when I was a teenager. But then I think at some point, I don't even know what it tripped. I think it was like reading The Bell Jar or something when I was like, oh, no, I'm a bit weird, actually. I don't really like any of this stuff. I need to explore more. <laughs> And I think maybe one of the gateway people were like uh, Kate Bush, Regina Spector, moving from those kind of more left field female people that I could see myself reflected in, uh, then opened the doorway to start exploring more avant-garde stuff. And then at that point, I actually went, oh, shit, all female singer-songwriters use the piano. I need to move away from the piano, man. And then when I went to uni as well, I think my, my tutors opened, you know, the the box for me more into, like, more obscure stuff and experimental world and composers, Stockhausen and John Cage and all of that. And then 
also then when I worked for Supersonic Festival, my whole world was like, again. (laughs) It's like, oh, shit, there's this whole underground of shit going on that I didn't even know about. And, yeah, I think there's been various points throughout my life where somebody's gone, hey, you should listen to this person. And then my whole world's just gone, whoa. But I don't really know why I made that shift. I just was always looking for something else and I never really fitted with where I was growing up and where I was listening to music and going to gigs. Always felt a bit just out of place. So Well, you found a place here at the Dream Dress Podcast. <laughs> it's where we like you know, you. everyone to everyone to be themselves. Yeah. And uh, before we get to the main thing, I'm gonna ask you a couple more questions. Uh, surrounding live music. And uh, I don't ask these in advance, so people can't come up with the cool answers. So my first question is, Anna Palmer, do you remember the first gig you ever went to? Oh, shit. Yes. (laughs) Pray tell. (laughs) It's going to be really unexpected. but My sister took me to see Macy Gray. (laughs) When I was in year four at school, so how old are you then in year four? Like, like eight, not, nine? eight? Nine? Yeah, nine. No, yeah, ten. Yeah, nine, ten. Yeah. And she took me for my birthday to the NEC to watch Macy Gray when she just really, like, Yeah, and, I try and all that sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah, all that stuff. And I, cr- I remember crimping my hair and wearing, like, a, a really cool body warmer and uh, a skirt trouser combo like proper noughties vibe and I got to take two friends can't remember what two friends it were we we were literally like at the furthest possible seat back from the stage up in the heavens yeah but that was the first time I had experienced like a big stadium gig and I was like oh my god this is amazing um, and my th- I think my sister also took me to see Destiny's Child writings on the wall when I was quite young as well. Wow, so, wow. But I think that must have been after Macy Gray. Yeah, so I think Macy Gray was the first one. That's, uh, a, cool gi- that's a cool first gig. I suppose it's pretty good. That's cool. I, I mean, that, 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 that Macy Gray album is a fantastic album. I yeah. Think. I think it's yeah. a great album. Well what done to your sister for, t- for doing that. Yeah, she's a good egg. Yeah, cracking egg, you might say. Mm, like that. <laughs> My next question is, Anna Palmer, do you remember the last gig you went to? Now, is this, um, we've obviously had a bit of a reopening and some gigs have been happening. Have you been to anything recently or is it way back before lockdown? Oh, I've actually been to a gig on Sunday. Yeah. I went, went to watch my friends play at the Spotted Dog. In the garden, yeah. it was a socially distanced occurrence. Joybang, was it? That's the one. Stella from Dorchet has a, a another project called Joybang, which is her and synths and a drummer called Will Glazier. And, yeah, it's a synth drum duo, and it's just, it's insane. It's so, so amazing. And it's like, I think one of those things that is going to be like, it's just going to bubble over then in the next year when people start going to gigs. I hope they start playing more and more because they're just so good to see live. And and everybody that sees a live are just like, oh my god, that's my new favorite band. Um, I've been bugging Stella actually to send me some of her stuff. 
She's, yeah. Uh, she said she will, but yeah, we'll see. I've got to listen to the new EP that they've recorded, and it's it's fucking awesome. And yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. so that that was the last gig I went to, and it wasn't just them. It was you know Andrew Woodhead who does Fizzle and a lot of jazz nights in the city. He was. Mm-hmm playing in elder and alicia trio was playing yeah it was a lovely gig actually because it was like it was just before the football i was gonna say yeah it's the same day as the football isn't it so it was did the same you... day, but it was just before so it was like an afternoon gig i'd just come from a a bit of a party the night before outside and so i was feeling a little bit fragile but then just had couple of pints of guinness listened to some weird obscure experimental jazz and had a lovely time and then went to, went to watch the football i was like yeah. these are two beautiful ends of the spectrum right here on a sunday love it are you a football fan anna so were you completely deflated by the end of the day or you just didn't care by that point to be honest i got into the euros i always yeah. i always get into the euros in the world cup and it's nice it's a nice bit of like Oh, everybody seems happy for a bit. So, yeah, I got into it and I was a bit sad, but also life goes on, you know? Yeah, that's absolutely right. <laughs> um, my final question in this uh, section is, Anna Palmer, what is the best gig you've ever been to? Oh, yeah. man, that's really hard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's so many. Um, Sorry, we can edit thinking time. It's fine. <laughs> take your time <laughs> I think the thing is there's like there's gigs that I've always you know of artists that I've always wanted to see like favourites like yeah 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 is a favourite of mine and there are I don't know the, the gigs that you go to with the artists that you really love and want to go to they're not necessarily always the best I feel like the festival sets are sometimes the best gigs you ever go to mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of those i think lcd sound system is up there i think i saw them the other stage at glastonbury and that was pretty special because there's just so many tunes that i love and it's glastonbury and it's just total euphoria that kind of music i think that was pretty up there it's hard to say what's the best though that's i know yeah like you're betraying somebody (laughs) (laughs) that's why i ask it i want controversy (laughs) i think i think i think there's you know a number of glastonbury sets that i've been to that i'll just be like there that's probably one of the best things i've seen have you done glastonbury yourself yeah a few times have you about uh, five or six times now got the bug for it a few years a few years back and uh yeah um Rolling Stones I saw on the Pyramid Stage, which was pretty great. Yeah. Was that 2013-ish, 2014? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's that, that that kind of feeling of, you know, I love, there's a lot of tunes I love, but it's that kind of feeling of, I'm part of, part of history, man. I'm here. Yeah. yeah. I went to the 40th birthday and uh, Stevie Wonder was headlining that year. And they brought Michael Levy's son to sing Happy Birthday to him. Oh. That kind of felt like I was part of history in a way, but yes. Yeah, but now of... we're up to now we're up to like the fiftieth year now, so it's like forget the fortieth. <laughs> <laughs> no I, I think MIA was better for me. Oh, okay, that was a really good set because it's just absolute power and energy all the way through that set. 
But oh, there's too many to choose from. Don't ever ask me that. <laughs> well, it. we're gonna have a whole a whole show full of asking you questions now. I, know, I, I really like this. Has been a real cause of anxiety for me because I oh, just can't can't choose. I can't choose. I never wanted this to cause anxiety. This is meant to be fun. <laughs> no, it is fun. But my uh, analytical brain just starts going, but would they be good at that time of the day? <laughs> we, you, we can work on times of the day. It's fine. But, I mean, I've basically set up this festival. Uh, I've done everything. I've done absolutely everything. I've put all the stages together, lights, food trucks, wristbands, invites have gone out, everything, except, silly me, I forgot to book the bands absolutely i know yeah so that is where you come in i would like you to um fill the stages for me and luckily we have the use of a handy dandy time machine so you can travel through the annals of time and handpick your artists from anywhere in musical history and one of the best things about this is that you get to choose the form of your time machine so how would you like to travel through time shit i wasn't prepared for that uh, <laughs> that's really hard. <laughs> I think all I can think of is a toboggan. <laughs> I don't know why, because that's just not cool at all. We've but not had the time really, toboggan yet. <laughs> I've got this really like grainy lo-fi image in my head of just being sat on a toboggan with like a really shit green screen behind me and all of like <laughs> the sands of time going past me. <laughs> That's perfect. I mean, you I have to pick up that. one person at a time, but yeah, <laughs> toboggan's perfect. <laughs> Lovely. I love it. So a toboggan is how you're going to travel through time. Uh, so... <laughs> The festival is is all set up, as I say, and uh, we're going to let all your guests in the night before, so you can have a few more Guinnesses if you prefer. Guinai, uh, you might say. Some Guinai, indeed. And uh, you're going to have a little bit of a revel with your guests, and you're going to talk about the upcoming festival. Uh, without giving too much away, but you can have a bit of a late night, a bit of a heavy one. So next morning, you wake up in your tent. You're a bit worse for wear. You need a little bit of a wake-up call. But luckily, there's someone outside your tent to play you into the day. So who's going to be your wake-up call for this festival, Anna Palmer? Well, I laboured over this for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, Annika. Now, this is a quite a recent artist that I've got into, and I'm not talking about many recent artists in my answer to these questions. But Annika is a really... Just, I think it would be a really lovely sound to wake up to because there's nothing for me. I love waking up to the sound of like dub from across the field <laughs> at a festival, just hearing just a speaker go, woo, 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 I think is like the perfect festival wake up sound. Yeah, Annika's sound incorporates a lot of dub mixed with uh, like synthy, almost Nico-esque vocals. Uh-huh. And, and I think she would be really cool to wake up to and it would be a nice ease into the morning sun. She's yeah. going to be right outside the tent. So is that going to, is that going to cause an issue? As, yeah. Uh, no, I mean, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> it's absolutely fine by me as long as I can, uh, you know, feel the vibrations yeah um, where's where's she from 
I think she's from uh, I don't know her, I'll be Berlin, honest. but she's like Bristol based and she's mm-hmm. she recorded her album in the same studio that we went to record our album in. Just, you know, mindless plug there in Bristol where the Invader Studios, which um, uh, was his face from Beak and Poiseshead owns uh, Jeff Barrow and she's just got this awesome sound this lovely grainy analog dubby sound and I think that's exactly what I need to wake up to because if it's anything too in my face or or whatever I will go straight back to my bed yeah (laughs) so you don't want a rude awakening necessarily you want no I want to ease into the day yeah I'm, I'm up for a rude a rude awakening once I've had you know, a bit of compass mentors. Okay. And then I'm up for somebody shouting in my face. Right. Throwing <laughs> something at me. But okay. I love, I just want the sound of dub in the morning. Is that all right? Oh, that's absolutely <laughs> fine by me. Okay, Annika, it is. Uh, and you're going to have your little period of compass mentors and you're going to wipe the sleep from your eyes. Dropped a couple of painkillers because you had one too many gin eye. Uh, but you've had a nice, nice little breakfast just to set you off. The festival is about to start. So who is setting the tone, putting out the festival vibes? Who is opening your show? I've gone for this because it's not necessarily a band that I I, I know the deep back catalogue of, but I know the hits. Mm. I think they'd really get the crowd going and set the tone and the vibe. And it's Sly and the Family Stone. Oh, a lovely, lovely answer. And one we haven't had on this podcast. Sly is one of my favourites, all-time favourites. They're fucking awesome. And I think Lovely. I think capturing that kind of 70s energy would be awesome, like at the start of, the, of, of a festival, uh, yeah. 60s, 70s. Yeah, I just think they do a great job at opening the, the vibe. And, the, like, I've tried to, like, across these answers not to just go with my, like, what would just please me. But what would be the experience and the vibe? Oh, and that's what, great. You know, bring people yeah. up. And uh, interesting, um, I think because their, their Woodstock appearance, mm. I think they came on at like one or two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> so it's nice that you've gone early doors. Yeah, because I so, think that's it. So, so, yeah, so Sly can't get too out of his head. Yeah, but... Bit of soul disco, get the party started, have everyone feel positive and good. Yeah, yeah dance right. to the music. Lovely. Yeah, dance that to is, the music, baby. That is a great answer. Sly and the Family Stone it is. And uh, Sly hasn't had time to get off his face. No. But now he's, uh, he's going to go off and get off his face. Brilliant. So it is now time for your secret guest. Now, you've been to Glastonbury. You know the drill. Flyers mm. appear, little bits of card with the yeah. promise of a previously unannounced secret guest to blow everyone away. So who are you going to have as an unannounced set to blow your party guest minds? Okay, so this is less for the party guests this time. Oh, this is just for you, okay. <laughs> I've gone with Scott Walker. I love Scott Walker. Because I think he's such a recluse that for him to appear at a festival... It would be a once-in-a-lifetime occurrence. Yeah. Would you so, have it Walker Brothers or just Scott Walker? Oh, I'd want – I I think just – I don't know. I'd, yeah, I'd both. Want, I'd want the – yeah, both then, please. Yeah. I'd want the kind of obscure end of the Walker – well, I'd actually 
some of the Walker Brothers hits, yeah, would be good too. But I definitely want him to do things from like Scott three and four, uh, yeah. and then like the end of the Walker Brothers when they went a bit more obscure and started doing really strange shit when the label was like, do the fuck whatever the fuck you want because we've got no more money. Um, <laughs> and then I think, yeah, maybe maybe the brothers come on and just do like the really corny cheesy hits. Um, whoa, 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 whoa. There's nothing corny and cheesy about the Walker Brothers, Anna Palmer. I'm sorry. I have to stop you there. <laughs> yeah, but compared to Scott Walker <laughs> and Sono. If you really love him and there's nothing I can do, don't try to spare my feelings. Beautiful. It's pure musical chocolate. It really is. And what I want to hear is him just go, it's raining today. And then it actually start raining. Scott Walker's got me through some pretty tough times, Anna yeah. Palmer. I'll be honest. I, I think he's actually <laughs> exacerbated some of my tough times. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. But he ha- <laughs> he's, he's definitely, yeah, the good side of Warped that I uh, enjoy. So, yeah, yeah Scott really. Walker for me. That is a wonderful, I mean, you've had two brilliant answers in a row there. Absolutely fantastic. So it's now time to get something to eat because we've worked out a bit of an appetite. So what's your favourite festival grub? What's going to keep you sustained for the rest of the day? Now, I did dip into the last Dreamfest podcast with uh, Odd Man's Box. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I have to agree with Pierre on this. I, I couldn't think of anything better than full packed burrito i think that is the main way to like hold something in your hand eat it be full whilst also drinking a pint that's fair i think i don't i just don't think it's beatable i thought maybe a burger maybe a wrap but no burrito it's got everything you need all of the trimmings all of the meat well i'm not really a meat eater but it's got everything you need, really, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I suppose the, the the benefit of a burrito is that it does hold it all in as well. So yeah. you can you can have a, a two pronged approach to your to your eating. I don't want a plate of food. I don't want a knife and fork at a festival. If anyone no. has me a knife and fork, I'll throw it. Stab them with it. <laughs> exactly. So I just want something wrapped or in a back, and that is that's my vibe. And what would your perfect filling be? Oh, rare. Um, so you're not really a meat eater, but would, I mean, you can if you, I mean, I'm a vegetarian myself, so I, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to judge if you do want a bit of meat for this. Well, the thing is, when I'm on holiday, <laughs> <laughs> when in Rome, when, when in Rome, I sometimes give in, and also sometimes the body needs what the body needs. But um, yeah, maybe like just a good solid bit of like chicken or spicy beef <laughs> any of the or meat pork meat. or some lamb or Don't turkey I won't go that far but no I would I would easily if I, uh, see I'm all about seafood I love seafood but a festival mm-hmm. I don't know what I could have seafood wise that would be satisfying enough and last me the whole day because I only really like to eat one big meal a day at a, at a festival Yeah, and then that sees me through so it's got. A, if I'm spending that money, it's got a last. So yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, I think you're probably best off with chicken and perhaps 
but I'll, I'll throw in all the trimmings, anything they they have to offer. Loads of jalapenos as well, like it's spicy. Peppers, um, yeah. All of all of that. Loads of cheese. Give me everything. Lovely stuff. Well, while they're stuffing your burrito full of all the trimmings, a stage is being set up, and someone is about to come on and do an acoustic set for you. Now, it could be acoustic artist or non-acoustic artist, but they're going to get their acoustic instruments out and set an age while you eat. Who's it going to be? I was trying to be edgy with this one. And then I went, oh, my teen self would just rage at me if I didn't answer truthfully. Right. And so I think my answer is Jeff Buckley. Because I don't listen to him as much now, but as a teenager, I was besotted with him. And yeah. his, his album Live at Chimay Cafe is like still stands up for me. And it's just him crooning in the corner in a little beat-up New York cafe. So I'd like to hear that vibe and him do all of his, you know, top top hits, but all the covers that he does as well, because he's, he's really good at covering stuff, I think. And what, um, what covers did he do, apart from Hallelujah? I loved the cover he did of Bob Dylan's Just Like a Woman. That's a mm. lovely that's a beautiful one. Um, uh, what's the other one he does? Kangaroo, isn't that a cover? Covers, yeah, that's um, This Mortal Coil. That's who he covered there. Oh, okay. I can't think now. But yeah, he does a lot of covers on that album. But yeah, I just think him crooning away. I was, I was torn. I think, you know, Joni Mitchell is an obvious choice and she would be up there. But I um, imagine yeah. she's come up. <laughs> well, we, yeah, I mean, we've had both in this slot, actually. Um, really? We've had, we've, yeah, Buckley serenaded the eateries before, but that's absolutely fine. It's only, it's only happened once. That's okay. So my other choice would be Ivor Cutler or Tom Waits. Oh, Tom Waits, that'd be interesting. There's many, there's many I'd put here. So yeah. I, I What's, think. Uh, what era in Tom Waits though? Hearts, it would be Jeff Buckley. Yeah. But I think Ivor Cutler or Tom Waits. Well, let, let's ex- let's explore the Tom Waits option. What era of Waits are we going to go? His early stuff where he's sort of crooning on the piano or scary-ass 80s can, can Tom we, Waits? Oh, like bo- bone, bone machine Tom they're Waits. They're so good for different reasons. I yeah, I mean, of, you don't want to drop your burrito everywhere yeah, and enjoy it. I'd quite like, maybe like the sweet piano stuff would be good at that time of day. There's that really sweet song he does where it's like, you haven't looked at me that way in years. What's it called? <laughs> okay, it sounds like it's on like closing time or something. Is I'm that right? still here. That's what it's called. Okay, um, okay. And maybe that would be the like sweet serenade for that yeah. time. But I mean, you, you know, Jeff Buckley is just as good. Yeah, I think that's a good option. Buckley. Maybe they could do something together, Buckley and Waits. Could, could we put that? Could we put a Tom Waits Buckley collab? Absolutely. And Patty Smith walks in. To and Patty Smith as well. <laughs> some beat poetry. Yeah. Oh, oh, hang on. Right. So, Waits on the piano, Buckley yeah. on guitar. Smith comes in and does some beat poetry over the top of those two improvising. Can we have that, please? Yes, we can. Thank you. It's done. <laughs> but, uh, you know, obviously you've got to get them one at a time on your toboggan. So just, yeah. uh, just be aware of that. Shit. Lovely. Bum burn with those. 
Okay, it's now time for the local act. Yes. It could be a legendary band, an established current band. Can't pick Dorcha, though, or any of your other projects, Anna Palmer. I know you wouldn't anyway, because you're not that vain. But, uh, yeah, we'd like to give a bit of love to the local scene. So who are you digging on the local scene at the minute? Well, I am digging my pal, Blue Ruth. Blue Ruth. Because... Kayla's fucking sick, and anything she does is amazing. But particularly this new alias that she's producing music under, Blue Ruth, is just so fucking good. And, oh, my God, literally, as I said that, Misha <laughs> went past <laughs> on her bike. Hey, Misha! <laughs> um, but, yeah, Blue Ruth is just... I went to see her recently, like I've heard the EP and we went to see her at the Supersonic show recently and it was awesome and I just would love to hear it on a huge PA system at a, a festival because it's just so like bass heavy and I'd love it to just be, I actually don't think it would be good out, well it would be good anywhere but I'd rather it be in a sweaty tent and still have like a massive rig but in quite a sweaty tent kind of basementy vibe yeah um, and i think yeah i don't think she just deserves the festival exposure man absolutely it's um, would it be possible for her to do the ep five songs from youth man as well absolutely good if you want you. To. yeah I want, I want that. I want that to happen as well. If she can fuck it up uh, with her uh, setup and do it in like this weird remixed way, that would be awesome. Excellent, Blue Ruth. <laughs> Let's do it. It is now time for the intimate set. So there's a tent that holds around thirty people, so it's a little bit of a squeeze. Who do you want to see up close and personal? The Velvet Underground and Nico. And Nico, very important. And Nico. Yeah, I think as it for an intimate set, I wanted uh, that's the kind of band that you want to be up close and personal with, I reckon, and that you yeah, want to yeah. you want to be able to hear the amps on the stage, and the little thumbs on the <laughs> guitar strings is the kind of sound that you need to be like this close to, yeah, and yeah. I think it would be such an intense experience to hear them like back into there maybe andy walker or hulk could be there as well and you can yeah. make it back to him yeah for sure have they come up before the Velvet Underground? no they haven't actually i don't think yes back. so yeah well done i'm really trying not to choose <laughs> people that will come up because it is just like you're drawn to who would be the legends but i do like i think the velvet underground and Nico, oh. if she could come out and do Chelsea Girl album as well, that would be good. We can make it so. If that's allowed. Yeah, that's totally It'll be allowed. double set. Double set. Double set. Velvet Underground and Nico. Maybe intimate. even like in the round intimate. Like we're all in, in the tent with them. Interesting concept. I think that can be done. I can uh, I can have a word with the stage crew, get it all set up. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Sorted. Sweet. Okay, Anna. It is now time for the full album performance. <laughs> no. Well, let's. Okay. Well, before before we get to it, let's talk about your latest album. Oh no. Yeah. Let's talk about it. 
Honey Badger. Yes. Tell me about Honey Badger. I don't know why I said it like that. Honey Badger. Honey Badger. Honey Badger. Why Honey Badger? Because, I mean, they've got a reputation of being quite vicious, haven't they? Is that anything to do with it? It was quite a weird, subconscious, weird presence that seeped into the making of the album. I think it was something as stupid as when we were first writing the tunes, we watched that viral video of the honey badger. Is it where he goes to the testicles? Yeah, something like that. And we were pissing ourselves laughing at it. It didn't, nothing came of it. But then like about a year later, we're still working on this tune. And then we were work. it's like the second tune of the album. And it's all about this kind of Jekyll and Hyde character of this kind of sweet looking entity that is actually quite dark and vicious underneath it's like a a Jekyll and Hyde character and then we were like oh well honey badger that's quite a juxtaposition of a name and a character and because they look so sweet and just the name honey badger is like oh you were pretty and then it rips your fucking face up (laughs) and that's (laughs) and then we're like yeah that's pretty cool actually um that is cool yeah ripping people's faces off (laughs) yeah boy uh so we called the uh track that the track honey badger the honey badger track and then after a while, that name just stuck for the album. It wasn't really that premeditated. It was just something that happened organically in the end. But I think because the whole album is this kind of tipping point balance. All the time with Dorcha stuff, it's just tipping on the edge of being almost beautiful and ethereal to kind of weird and dirty and, and noisy and not quite coherent. So we like that juxtaposition of the name Honey Badger because I think it it depicts quite well the overall sound, maybe, as well as that track. So that's what stuck. It's a cracking album. I've had it on my on my record player for the past, well, when did you release it? November, was it? Yeah, boy. Yeah. Hard to release an album in a lockdown. Yeah, how was that? It was all right. But I think we were at the point where we would just couldn't wait anymore to just yeah. put it out because you're three years in the making of an album and then you're like please can we just put it out now and actually because we've still got things to come with it out with the album we've got you know some video stuff to come with the album so I think it might get another lease of life hopefully when we mm-hmm. start coming out again and it's you know time and everything is such a abstract concept now <laughs> that I feel like none of the same rules apply to when you first uh, went to the life before all of this when you put out an album and you have to gig 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 to get it heard I feel like everything's been pulled from under us now so why not mm. approach it in a different way and I think we've still got a few things under our belt for the album but yeah it was weird, but also kind of good for us all to just have a bit of, whew, let's just take a moment. Yeah. So we've yeah, been slogging well, for quite a long time. Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to that. I look forward to um, hearing some more from that because, um, like I say, I really enjoyed the album. I like seeing you guys live anyway. I've seen you a few times. But so I've not heard you perform oh. that album yet. So, yeah, looking forward to it. 
Yeah. But in the meantime, it's the full album performance. No, I don't want it. Yeah. So okay, all right. If you have, no, I'll, have do you, have, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'm just have. But whose album, Anna Palmer, would you like to hear played in its entirety by the artist who wrote and recorded it? Okay, so I tried to avoid the obvious choices with this one as well. What are the obvious choices? Oh, Bjork, Dark Side of the Moon, Pink Floyd. That's all not of those. obvious, is it? Yeah, I thought there would be. I mean, Bjork, Bjork, not Bjork necessarily. Bjork the album, but. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay, dark, I'll give you Dark Side. That may be dark a, side little, a little cliched. A little cliched. Yeah. Uh, but it would I, still be awesome, though. Yeah, it would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. I've gone for one that has really struck a chord with me in recent years, and particularly for the last track that I would really love to see live. But I'd love to see the whole album live. I've gone for The Idiot, Iggy Pop. So this album that Bowie produced with him late, was it mid 70s late 70s yes something like that yeah yeah and it's got the kind of dirgy um soul stuff meets like more industrial sounding i don't know synth not synth yeah synth industrial yeah. synth beats so at the end there's a track called mass production that i think me kayla of Blue Ruth and Misha of, of Dorcha have, have listened to maybe about a hundred times now together. It's like our go-to track when we, we're together and having a bit of a session. It's yeah. just like an eight minute long dirge and it's just awesome. But that whole album has also got like, night clubbing, we're night clubbing. It's what's happening. I'd love, I'd just love to see Iggy do's thing as well, like circa that kind of era, 70s. Um, Didn't they live together, Bowie and Iggy? Yeah, they did. In Germany? In a a very happy, peaceful (laughs) communion of straight laced life, apparently. Apparently, allegedly. Knitting and that. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. The Idiots by Iggy Pop. Yeah. Is your full album performance. Wonderful stuff. Well, Anna, we are we're getting there. We're getting to our main attraction. But first, someone to get the party started because the sun is starting to go down. Your headliner is getting ready. So who are we getting in to warm up your guests for the headliner? Now, we could go two ways. You could go mellow and dusky or we could just go let's get this party started which way are we going to go well i've tried to avoid saying bjork yes <laughs> because i just think she's probably going to be mentioned on this many times so i've got two substitutes for her i don't think she's ever been mentioned on this podcast what? previously i may uh, I, I, i'm thinking maybe st alto boys maybe mentioned her but okay Apart from that, well, you're because I, you know, just would love to see her live, and I've never seen her live, and I love pretty much everything that she does. And I think, imagine watching Bjork with like a full orchestra as the sun goes down, and there's like a golden horizon around her. And I just think the production levels of her show would be phenomenal. 
And oh my god, I said that word. I've never been. I've never been able to say that word. Phenomenal. Um, phenomenal. Can you say phenomenon? Um, sh- uh, f- don't. <laughs> so <laughs> I think. Well, I've got to say Bjork because she's my gal. But I think it's an obvious choice, really. But I think, yeah, Bjork. I wouldn't say it was obvious, but um, well, maybe maybe it's obvious to you. But yeah, I I agree with you that it. I think it's perfect, perfect choice. And she'd have to, you know, do a selection of all of the stuff with a full orchestra, but also like some of the more 90s electronic lo-fi beat stuff. Yeah. Uh, uh, she'd just have to do the whole spectrum. Is she um, doing quiet? It's oh so quiet. Is she doing that? Yeah, she can do that. She it's can, a crowd pleaser, isn't it? She's got, she's got to do that. Yeah. But like you know, all all this, all of the stuff, Army of Me, Hemogenic album, all of that, and the latest stuff, Volnicura, and yeah, she's just got to do it, all of it. Excellent. Even the even the latest stuff where she you know gets gets a bit weepy. I still <laughs> I want it all. I want the full spectrum of Bjork. We are gonna give you the full spectrum of Bjork. Good choice. Yeah. So she's going to float off into the night. And it is now time for the headliner, the main attraction, and the band or artist that's going to close your show. Who is it? So I toiled over this, and actually I landed on what I think is somebody quite obvious. Because I think the headliner's got to be like a religious experience, a communal experience that everybody can latch on to. I've gone for Aretha Franklin <laughs> and a band of absolute motherfuckers behind her. That's what I want. I Glorious want, stuff. I wanted to do like a three-hour set, full gospel choir, an absolute band of musicians who just while out every now and then, and I want it to go on for seemingly forever, and that's what I want. Amazing. That's what Great I answer. I mean, I can't. I, I can't really say anything to that. I want to be exalted. You want to be exalted. <laughs> Did you watch um, uh, the uh, the BBC put the gospel uh, weekend on over? It was over Christmas sort of time. No, I didn't. It was like the previously unseen show she did over two over two nights oh, in yes. a church they, they'd, yeah they gathered yeah my friend I think it was Stella actually was telling me about that no I haven't yeah. seen that yet but that sounds insane oh. and just imagine as well it was filmed over what a whole night it was two over two nights two nights in a or church two days yeah and she's just singing with the gospel choir that's that's it that's the that's the that that's the magic you want to see on it it was Tears. Yeah. I tried to get my kids to sit and watch it, no, but they were like, oh, "This is okay, Dad." But yeah, I'm going to go and play with my toys now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think you just you want a you want a singer. You want someone who's going to just shoot you in the heart. With I want the- someone. That, yeah, exactly. I want someone that's going to make me sob, but also make me dance. And I think Aretha had it all. Yeah, she did. She did. Absolutely. Well, respect to you, Hannah Palmer, Aretha. <laughs> has left the stage. The lights are going down. Someone mentions there's a little jam session happening at the uh, the top of the hill around the campfire. So you're going to go up there. You might take uh, a guitar. You might take might 
Or shove your piano up there, maybe, if you can be bothered. Yeah. But you can just take yourself. But when you get there, someone unexpected is there. Yeah. And they want to have a little jam with you through the night mm. to bring your festival to a close. Yeah. Who's there? Well, this is a hard one, because I think if you've got to play with them, it's going to be someone that you think you can play with. Well, look, this is a, a kind of an opportunity for you to maybe brag a little bit and go, yeah, I could jam with them. Yeah, but I don't think I could jam with them. Oh, come on. No, but honestly, uh, the person I've chosen is Kim Deal. And because I think we'd just, we'd be on a level and a good hang as well as jamming. And yeah. I think she would, she would be the kind of person you could sit around a campfire with. I know she had a drinking problem, so maybe not drink. With <laughs> 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 but... If she before before all of that, you yeah. know, before she you know had all the troubles, maybe could have a drink with and a laugh with, and that it would just be no pretense, and you could just hang out, play some wonky guitar music, and you wouldn't feel too like inhibited by your own abilities. Because <laughs> if you, I, I was thinking about like you know really big jazzers and people like that, and I was yeah. like. Man, I don't know if I could. We've had a few jazzers around the campfire previously. Uh, we had a few couple of Coltrane's. Yeah, I thought you might, and yeah. I, but I just couldn't, couldn't, wouldn't, I wouldn't, I don't think I could have the audacity to jam <laughs> Coltrane. Um, but just throwing a few finger clicks, it's fine. I'd give. <laughs> do you know what? This is what I do. There you go. <laughs> If Lovely. I, you know what? My Uncle Davey plays the spoons. So if I could just have a pair of spoons, then yeah, throw in the jazzers, any absolute mighty gods of of improv. Miles Davis. I'll spoon with him any day. Oh, but really? if, you, if you put in an actual instrument in my hands, then I want somebody that I'm not going to, you know, be too... You're not going to them up. Yeah, yeah. This has been an absolute joy. Thank you very much for doing it. We've had Annika, we've had Sly and the Family Stone, we've had Scott Walker, Jeff Buckley, Blue Ruth, Velvet Underground and Nico, Iggy Pop, Bjork, Aretha Franklin, Kim Deal, plus Tom Waits and Patty Smith making some special appearances as well while you eat. Are you happy with that? I'm happy with anything at this point. <laughs> happy with anything. Are you able, are you <laughs> compassmentous enough to tell us where we can look out for your stuff and where we can find you. <laughs> <laughs> or should I just do it in the outro? So I think that probably the next Orchard show is in October. Mm -hmm. I'm also part of a, uh, a new experimental queer night called Queef, which me, uh, Misha and Kayla are working on so we're putting on events and gigs as of October there was one last February before lockdown so that's happening in October as well as a Dorcher show and that's it for now really I might do a, an Olympic gig before the end of the year yeah. but nothing in the imminent future because it's just too risky baby anything in the um, audio releasing sphere are you recording anything at the moment yes i'm sitting on a few recordings that i'm waiting for the right moment to release so 
Hopefully, for, for, for which, uh, which... For various aliases. For various aliases. I'm just not going to give away the secrets. Okay, okay. That's fine. Anna, thank you very, very much. Uh, you can get on your toboggan. I've put a, a, a cushion on there as well so you don't chafe too much. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's time for you. Summer. It's mad. Yeah. Unbelievable. It's time for you to go and fetch your artist for your dream festival lineup. Thank you. Thank you, Anna. Take care. You too. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to play the spoons. Good. Well, there we have it. The brilliant, the wonderful, the slightly sozzled Miss Anna Palmer of the brilliant band Dorcher. It was such a pleasure to talk to Anna. Uh, yeah, she got a little bit tipsy, should we say, towards the end of there. She was drinking gin and tonic and she confessed that she'd had a few beers beforehand as well. But it didn't matter because she was wonderful and funny and uh, very sociable indeed. Uh, remember to sign up to the Patreon at patreon.com slash dreamfestpod. You'll get an extra 15 minutes and some exclusive content, including the first album she ever bought, who makes her dream band lineup. And as you may have uh, guessed there, Anna blasts us with her spoon playing as well. Very much worth it. Go and sign up at patreon.com slash dreamfestpod. If you want a copy of Dorcha's latest album, Honey Badger, I highly recommend it. Go to dorcha.co.uk. Uh, you can click on the music tab and there'll be a link there to their Bandcamp page. Or you can go directly to dorcha.bandcamp.com. Dorcha is spelled D-O-R-C-H-A. I'll put all the links in the description, so don't worry too much. Uh, but while you're there, go and have a go on their arcade game. I scored 364, so see if you can beat that. And then you can tweet me or you can Facebook me or Instagram me. Yeah, Actually, yeah, take a little screenshot and show me what you scored. All of those are at DreamFestPod. Um, there's no confirmed gigs yet to tell you about that Anna's uh, getting involved with. Um, she did do some, uh, I think, like the day after we recorded that. Um, but keep an eye on their socials at Dorcha UK on Facebook or Dorcha underscore music on Instagram. Um, also, as I mentioned, follow this podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all Dreamfest Pod. Don't forget to like and subscribe to this podcast and tell your friends we want as many people to hear this as possible. And we're trying to get it to circulate around the world as much as we can. Uh, so far, I think I've got about 13 or 14 uh, countries on the list. But there's like 200. Let's get some more. Let's get like the British Virgin Islands listening and stuff like that. Uh, my thanks again to Anna for her time. Um, she was brilliant and perfect and funny and charming throughout. I had an absolute blast. Thank you also to Rich Farmer for the artwork, to Sam Wood for the photography, and to Jane Powell for the music, and to you, my dream festers, for listening. Join me next time where I'll have another wonderful guest creating their dream festival lineup. But until then, next time, remember if you book them, they will come. Bye bye. <laughs>